Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We are reading through the entire Bible together, book by book and chapter by chapter. Here we are still in the book of Joshua, and it's just an interesting kind of couple of sequences that we've seen here. You know, a little bit of narrative here, you know, Caleb, you know, br- uh, boldly charging off to defeat some Anakites. Um, you get some like bits as a wedding, right? Some inheritance here. Talk about uh, the land uh, finally getting to have some peace. Um, and then like as all this is kind of happening, the, the land is getting pieced out. And we, we saw last time really interesting that after Judah, uh, the next one up, right, is actually uh, Manasseh, right? I mean, an Ephraim, right? The, the people who are uh, really the, the youngest, right, of Jacob. So, you know, kind of what's going on with this sequence. And uh, today... It's just kind of like everybody else. <laughs> so just kind of like boom, 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 boom. And we're, so we're going to get everybody um, from Simeon all the way down to Dan. And then kind of surprisingly, a little bit of extra stuff, it seems, for Joshua at the end. So what's going on? Uh, this There seems to be some method to this madness. Whenever we have these lists, the order really matters. We saw that in numbers. We're seeing it again today. So Joining us to look at the significance here as we're looking at the inheritance, we've got Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois joining us. He's the host of Wrestling with the Basics, or one of the co-hosts. Um, you can catch that. It's uh, it's Saturdays at 9 a.m. Central, isn't it, brother? Good to have you back. That, that's uh, good to be back. I, it tickled me as you referenced me being in Southern Illinois but it sure doesn't feel too southern today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Freezing rain and the snow coming down, and yeah, I could have stayed in Minnesota for this, AJ, <laughs> if I wanted. <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't but, feel like no, you got the, the payoff of migrating south. Yeah, talking with you. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Though, though, I, the ironically, ironically enough, and I'm ashamed to say this, but. But the people in Orange County are also complaining about how cold it is. I, I understand that this is <laughs> that this is terribly just weak on our part, and I, I accept that. But, um, anyways, <laughs> so, so how cold is it? How cold is it, AJ? What are you complaining oh, about? Oh dear, I'm not. I I, I I told you I'm not complaining about it. I've been. I lived <laughs> okay. in St. Louis for some time. I know that I'm blessed. Uh, but yeah, the, the low is like maybe the upper 30s, and so everyone thinks that's really cold. Uh, yeah, well, actually, you get close to freezing, and that, you know, when you get used to the warmer temperatures. Yeah, right, that right. Does you know. seem cold. That does yeah, seem you know, cold. It's, yeah. it's all relative, right? It's all relative. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, you know, actually, you know what, though? Speaking of uh, changes of weather, being under the weather, I remember like way back when you mentioned that your co host for Wrestling with the Basics, uh, Matt Clark, was uh, not doing so. I think he was recovering from an injury or something like that. I know that was a long oh. time ago already. How is he doing these days? He, well, I, I'll tell him you asked. He'll be glad. He's doing great. He's doing great. Yeah, he fell out of a tree. That's right. <laughs> That's Yeah, yeah, my goodness. I don't know what he's doing up in the tree in the first place. But, yeah, no, he, he's fully recovered now and, and back in the swing of things and doing real well. But it's nice of you to ask and people that might have been concerned he he's doing excellent. So oh, very good, very good. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I it occurred to me that I hadn't I hadn't asked about him in a little while. So that that is that is good. I know that. I mean, just yeah. Depending on how you fall, right? That that can be a long recovery. Uh, so well, praise be, been, praise be to God. Then could have been like, no, right. no permanent damage. That that's the main thing. Yeah. Very, uh, yeah. very good. Yeah. God be praised. 
All right. Well, without any further ado, brother, let's go ahead and yeah, get get into this uh, chapter here. Um, and maybe when we're, uh, if you would say a prayer for us first, uh, then maybe you could, uh, if there's any other thoughts you have by way of introduction and how this kind of fits in, like I was saying, this interesting sequence, uh, maybe you could kind of get us, get us started with a little bit more introduction. But first, yes, if you would pray for us and for everyone listening today. Well, oh Lord, you know, sometimes you throw these Bible passages out at us and we're wondering why. <laughs> what do we care about? What cities were and what tribes were divided up? Uh, and yet, oh Lord, help us to see that there's not a single word that is written in Scripture that is not written for our comfort, for our encouragement, our guidance. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, help us to prevail over our reason and strength. And see in this, again, a beautiful, beautiful promise that you made to the people back in the Old Testament, but you're also making beautiful, beautiful promises to us that you will also fulfill. May this strengthen our faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right. So here we are. We, like I said, we had very prominently up front um, the inheritances that were given to to Judah and then to the the tribes of Joseph, right? Um, and, and then, right. and then I, right. I neglected to say this in the beginning. There's this bit about um, Benjamin, actually. Then, right? So, so yep. And yep. then, then we jump into this one with the order here. So, how how is this kind of fitting in with the sequence? I mean, is, is there a sequence? Uh, is there a kind of logic to this? What what are your thoughts here? How nineteen fits into the scheme of things? Yeah, no, I, I, there's definitely a logic, and there's a reason, and, and the overarching thing is that God makes promises, and the question is, can you depend upon him to keep his word, uh, mm-hmm. especially when all kinds of things intervene, like your own sinfulness, for for example. Right. Does that somehow right. invalidate what God said he's going to do? And so we have in these chapters, in this division of the land, uh, we've got the confirmation, no, God said, I'm giving you the land, and that's what I'm doing. And, and now we're going to confirm everything that's been promised. But the application for us is that he's made us some wonderful promises, too. And every promise, he, in fact, he promised us a land, didn't he? It just occurred to me, he promised us a land. And right. we can be sure that the time will come when that inheritance will be ours as well. Um, so I think that's the overarching theme. And like you say, that each one of these, uh, each one of these inheritances uh, has something significant to say about the people that are getting the inheritance. Uh, and before we're done, we're going to see how Jesus plays off of these things, too, because Jesus has some comments to make about these tribes that I think are very instructive. Uh, but um, that, that would be my overarching. And, and so, so the thing is, why start with Judah? Uh, well, that's mm-hmm. probably the easy one, because right. that's where Jesus is going to come from. So that is the main one. That's the chief one. That That's the one that will remain when the others are, are taken away by the Assyrians. And, and, of course, they'll eventually be taken away by the Babylonians as well. But, yeah, that's the whole, that's that's the main tribe. That's Well, right. we can get into that, because why would it be Judah? He wasn't that good of a guy either. <laughs> but, right. uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, as we saw like the last couple of times, like there is, it, it does seem like there is some kind of a more transparent logic like you were saying. It's kind of easier to see like, oh yeah, Judah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you know, Manasseh and Ephraim. Well, yeah, it's Joseph. I mean, Joseph, you know, very prominent oh, yeah. in Genesis, yeah, yeah. you know, big, big double blessing. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, Benjamin, um, 
Well, I mean, you, you know, it's he's kind of like sandwiched right in between all those guys we just mentioned. Um, you, you know, there there is uh, I don't I don't know if you if you look back to say, um, you know, Benjamin uh, in the in the role of the brothers, right? He's he's the one who's not guilty <laughs> of the blood of Joseph, so to speak. I mean, so it's like he's like okay, okay, we can see there's kind of like maybe some reasons for distinction here, right? But yeah, the the question about the sequence today, I think, is is going to be an interesting one, and I think I'm not, and I'm not totally sure, but it does seem like there there is a um, there is a sequence that is intentionally disrupted, and it seems like that has to do with Dan, and um, so I, I think Dan actually might be the thing that we end up talking about. Okay, now why is he the caboose here, kind of? among the tribes that doesn't seem quite right. So th- there might, there might be something for us to talk about there, but I don't want to, don't want to spoil it here. We, we have uh, yeah, a few yeah, other yeah, tribes. Keep everybody in suspense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. There we go. So we'll, we'll get there. We'll get no, there. No I mean, spoiler, I mean, you know, we don't want no, no, that's right. You know, actually, you know, that reminds me, right. There, there was one tribe that was left out of the list of tribes in revelation. Which tribe was that? Was it? Hmm. That, that okay, was, hold on, hold on to that thought. Hold on to that. Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that thought. Okay. All right, all right. So let's let's kick it off here. Joshua chapter 19. Let's read the first paragraph here, the inheritance for Simeon here, taking it from the top. And I'm sure glad you're reading this. I'm looking at all these things. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad the linguist is reading this. So there you go. Oh no, don't no, don't go and jinx me here, okay? I don't believe in jinxes, but I'm just using an expression, okay? All right. <clears throat> here we go. Joshua chapter 19. The second lot came out for Simeon, for the tribe of the people of Simeon, according to their clans, and their inheritance was in the midst of the inheritance of the people of Judah. And they had for their inheritance Beersheba, Sheba, Moladah, Hazarshual, Bala, Ezem, Eltalad, Bethel, Hormah. Ziklag, Beth Makarboth, Hazar Susa, Beth Labaoth, and Sharuhen. Thirteen cities with their villages, Ain, Ramon, Ether, and Ashan, four cities with their villages. Together with all the villages around these cities, as far as Belath Be'er, Ramah of the Negeb. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Simeon, according to their clans. The inheritance of the people of Simeon formed part of the territory of the people of Judah, because the portion of the people of Judah was too large for them. The people of Simeon obtained an inheritance in the midst of their inheritance. All right, so very, very unique, right? Like it's, uh, they don't have like, you know, uh, borders necessarily. It's like this kind of collection of cities in the middle of it. And, and there, there's a reason why uh, Simeon only gets a portion out of the uh, territory of the people of Judah. Um, but but before we, we do that, I, there's just a couple of terms that are used here. I'm sure you probably already talked about it yesterday, but but I want to just comment on them again because they're repeated over and over again. Uh, the very beginning is the second lot came out for Simeon, and, and I just right. thought that was cool how they divided them up, that they had three representatives from every tribe, and they went out, they divided the land up into these different portions, and then they drew lots to see who got what, which I'm thinking about. You remember how it was with, well, you got kids still, right? So you got, yep. you got, you got one piece, but you're going to divide it into two. Well, you have the one person divided, and then the other person gets to pick which, which piece they want. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> so that keeps everything nice and fair here because, you know, no, no, you divide it up however you want, but understand it's going to be drawn by lot. So you better make right. sure everything's divided pretty fairly here. Or you might be the one that gets the short end of the stick. Uh, the other term, though, that's really impressive for us as Christians, because it's the same word that is used for us and what we're getting is the word inherit, inheritance, uh, which, again, is a reminder that this is all a gift of God. These people don't deserve this land. It's not like they earned it, like they were so faithful to the Lord. No, no, there's whole history. There's a history of sin and disobedience and even worshiping false gods. But it's the inheritance that God promised, and likewise for us, we have an inheritance too, and it's not because we're so good or deserving, but it's because God is gracious and uh, merciful. And of course, for us, when you think of inheritance, you think of somebody dying. That's how you get an inheritance, of course, by the way, Christians, yeah, Jesus, Jesus dying. Um, Yes. So so you want to talk about why, though, because they don't really get, they're, they're stuck there in the middle of Judah. Uh, and in yeah. fact, eventually they'll just be absorbed by the tribe of Judah. You want to talk about why that is? What makes yeah. Well, Levi had the same distinction too. You know, they they didn't get it the way everybody else got it. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Th- thank you for giving. Yeah. Kind of uh, filling out some of those terms, right? And uh, yeah. And I think that you know, as you were describing it, it was just I was just thinking too, like really those terms that you were eliminating for us, lot and inheritance. I mean, they really go together. The idea being that like it's not like what you earned, it's what you inherit. And ultimately it's what you inherit from God because whenever they cast lots, the, you know, it's not like they say to themselves, Oh, let's let fate decide. Right. Or let, let's just leave it to chance when they cast lots, this is their way of saying, we'll let God decide. Right. And so, I mean, they really are tied together. The idea if we're casting lots, this is because the inheritance is from God. Right. So I I think your description really just fit, fit the context and the understanding really well. Um, to kind of help us appreciate what's what's going on here, um, not presented as random at all. So, so there is purpose, even though there's lots, right? There, there, there is like all of this seems to unfold exactly according to plan and exactly according to God's purposes. And as you said, um, Simeon has kind of had this a long time coming, along with Levi, and it goes back right to the. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it like a blessing or a curse, right? But when, but when Jacob is, you know, uh, blessing his sons, and we got this big blessing uh, sequence there at the end of Genesis, um, he goes through the list and he says, um, I think it's, in, isn't it Genesis 49, right? Um, but he yep, says yep, yep. that Simeon and Levi, because of their violence, right? And I don't know if we want to talk about the story, right? Um, because of just their, their violent nature, they are to be scattered amidst the people of Israel, right? And so, um, so this this takes place in two ways. Levi is scattered uh, because, I mean, just as we get again and again throughout Numbers and Deuteronomy, uh, they're just going to be the, the the priestly class, and they're going to have kind of cities here and there, uh, but they're not going to have like really their own land per se, and. And uh, Simeon, kind of similar here. Yeah, they're kind of more localized. Um, they are part of Judah, so at least they're kind of all together-ish, um, right? But they're not even, you know, like a, a special class or anything like this, like like Levi. So they both have these different ways of just kind of being assigned cities without kind of properly having their own um, borders, right? And that's part of what goes back to what Jacob said. And, and so, yeah, so they've got the, the, the curse of Jacob upon the two of them, again, because of this violent action they took against 
Well, they were trying to defend the honor of, of their sister, Dinah, but right. the way they went about it was pretty deceptive and actually used one of God's holy practices, circumcision. You know, they, they said to these people that had defiled uh, the, the sister, well, you know what? We, we want to be buddies with you. That's okay. You can marry her. Everything will be all right. But you need to do what we do. You know, you need to do what God's command. You need to be circumcised. And of course, when the men were circumcised and in this rather soreness and weakness that would come if you were older having it done. I had it done as a child. I don't remember. I'm thinking I'm glad I had did it then. Uh, uh, but, you know, then they come and they just brutally kill all these people. Right. Um, the, the difference, of course, though, is that Levi, you know, they were the people that came to Moses during the, the uh, uh, worshiping of the golden calf. They were the ones that stood by his side. So they get a little bit different treatment. They're still scattered, as you said. They don't get their own territory, but they do have the special position in terms of the priesthood and the service in the temple. Simeon, on the other hand, simply, again, the promise is kept. They get their portion, and it's done by lot, like you said, which is not by right. accident, but by the Word of God. Right. But ultimately, right. they will suffer the consequences of the, the, the wickedness that they have performed. Right. Yes, yes, very, very good. I, I mean, it's a consequence, but I mean, it's like what we saw back earlier in Joshua with the. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to recall the um, the guys who kind of pulled the old switcheroo. It was the the Gibeonites, right? Um, how they oh, go yeah, and they pretend yeah. to be foreigners, right? And uh, Joshua puts a curse on them. But even though they receive a curse, right? We see it again and again. Whenever God curses somebody, it's merciful, right? Because oh, here they are. They're oh, cursed, yeah. right? Oh, they're cursed with you know, prime real estate in, in the promised land, you know, like, oh, I mean, this is a cross to bear, right? I mean, so, I mean, really, it was, it was, this is what God does all the time. When he curses, it, he he's still being merciful, you know? I mean, like any word for, from God, right? Just, it's like God's so so good and so merciful and loving. It's just like that that can't help but come through, right? Even in, even in the punishments that are being doled out. So, so really just... So, so here, here's the lesson for us, AJ. If, right. if you go out and do something that it, that is outwardly wrong and, and you know it's wrong and yet you still do it, there's going to be consequences. You cannot expect a righteous, just God to turn right. and look away. But on the other hand, like you say, his mercy, his, his hased, his steadfast love, no, no, that's always there. Uh, and in right. fact, that's always looking for us, for people to repent and turn to him, and then he will... He won't take away the consequences, right? Adam and Eve, they got consequences for their sin, and yet at the same time, he got this beautiful promise that he's going to send someone who will crush the head of the devil, and likewise the same beautiful promise to us that he has forgiveness and there will still be eternal life. But but no, I think this, this tribe of Simeon stands as a warning. You're, you can't just do what is wicked and think that you'll get away with it. You wouldn't want God to do that with other people, right? We kind of think other people, they need to to be confronted in their wickedness. And we'll, if, if, if it happens, you know, what do you think is going to happen to the house of God then? Of course, he's a father right. who disciplines his children. Yeah. 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 Too, too, too true. Too true. Right. Like we're, we're all for justice when, uh, when it's somebody else getting it and we're all for mercy when it's for ourselves. <laughs> um, yeah. That's just human nature. Right. Well said. Yeah. So, so we yeah. have, uh, so we have Simeon here. Um, yeah, as a, as a prominent uh, warning, yeah, among other things, and also an example of mercy, both those things. Uh, of yeah, course, yeah. We we're, not, we're not skipping over Reuben, though, because, again, we, we settled that uh, way earlier on when, I think it was back in chapter 12, uh, that we talked about 
the uh, or, or maybe maybe that's actually the the first part of thirteen where <clears throat> we talked about the trans Jordan inheritance. So we've already dealt right. with right. Reuben and yep. Gad and East Manasseh, right? So uh, the, the, those guys got dealt with a long time ago. So we haven't like skipped over the firstborn or something like that. So we move down um, to Simeon now, um, and then we then have we we jump we jump over uh, to Zebulun, um, and we can maybe talk about maybe why Zebulun comes next, but like, let's go ahead and read it first. Um, and maybe, maybe, maybe we'll just go ahead and actually read Zebulun and Issachar together because it does seem like the story is kind of meaning to put them together as it very frequently, um, does. So let's look at Issachar, um, I'm sorry, Zebulun and Issachar then picking it up at verse 10. The third lot came up for the people of Zebulun, according to their clans. And the territory of their inheritance reached as far as Sarid. Then their boundary goes up westward and to the and to Mariel and touches Dabasheth, then the brook that is east of Jachneum. From Sarid it goes in the other direction, eastward, toward the sunrise, to the boundary of Kisloth Tabor. From there it goes to Dabarath and then up to Japhia. From there, it passes along the east toward the sunrise to Gath-Hefer to Eth-Kazin and going on to Ramon, it bends toward Nia. Then on the north, the boundary turns about to ha- Hanathan and it ends at the valley of if I mean, this is the one name, right? Iftahel. <laughs> if I mean, really, do you see all those consonants put together? The valley yeah, of Iftahel. I'm glad you're doing it, not me. <laughs> The valley of Iftahel and Katath and Nahalal and Shimron, Idalah and Bethlehem, 12 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance and, and, of the people of Zebulun, according to their clans, these cities with their villages. And, and just real quick, so the people understand, the Bethlehem that you mentioned there is not the Bethlehem Ephrathah. Uh, in fact, that's probably why you got that distinction, Bethlehem Ephrathah. Right. Now, this was another city up to the north. Yeah, this is not the place where Jesus was born. Right. Th- thank you for pointing it out. Yeah, that, that, that's actually a really helpful. Just quick little note, right? That's that's why you would have, and, and this happens all the time, like in the United States. Like, I mean, we have a we have a city name. I mean, we we use the same city names over and over again. How many Springfields are there, right? Like, you just oh, don't I even, know, I know, don't yeah, even count, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah it, you, the you same. There's actually a St. Louis up in Minnesota too. <laughs> is, that, is that right? I didn't. Wow. Okay. Wow. St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, it's very common and, and it's actually, you know, just, just as how like, you know, Springfield, it's like, of course, a Springfield, like who wouldn't, or, or a, a field by, by a spring, right? That has to happen all the time, right? So you'd expect this to be a, a common name. Same thing with Bethlehem, right? It, it's like, a, you know, it's like a place with food, basically, is what the name means. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Lots exactly. of places have food, so, you know, common name. Um, but yes. Anyway, so continuing on, let's just briefly, if we can get in Issachar here. The fourth lot came out for Issachar, for the people of Issachar, according to their clans. Their territory included Jezreel, Kesaloth, Shunem, Hafarayim, Shion, Anaharath, Habith, Rabith, Kishion, Abez, Remeth, Enganim, Enhada, Beth Pazez. The boundary also touches Tabor, Shahazumah and Beth Shemesh, and its boundary ends at the Jordan, 16 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Issachar, according to their clans, the cities with their villages. 
All right. So we've got these two here, and um, it's no accident that we kind of have them paired uh, just in terms of, if you're just looking at a map, right, it's kind of easy to follow. Um, Zebulun is right next to Issachar, right? They're right up there, both north of, of Manasseh, of, of West Manasseh, right? Kind of like the, the, the proper side, the Cisjordan side. But yeah, so is there... Um, what, what do we know as here looking at looking at the borders, maybe thinking about some of the city names and uh, and perhaps again thinking about the sequencing here about how these two wind up coming next um, in this particular region? Well you, you've got two you've got two sons of Leah here that that yep. may be a reason why they're brought together. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 well, go ahead, because you, you've obviously got something in mind in terms of the sequence here. I, I have a, a, something in terms of mind of why why we would even need to have a Zebulun and an Issachar. But uh, go ahead. So what what do you see in the significance in, in their, their sequence at this point? Oh, well, I, I think, yeah, I think that, I mean, as you were just saying, it, it really, um, it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of completing the thought. Um, I mean, when when you mentioned, uh, you know, Leah, I mean, these are real, really the only two um, left, really, who of, of Leah who need to have an inheritance, right? We've already taken care of Reuben and Simeon um, and, and Levi, right? He doesn't, who doesn't get one? And Judah was the first one to inherit on the west side of the Jordan. So Issachar and Zebulun are literally the, the only two that are left here. And, um, and so I, I think there is, as you were saying, like there is this kind of, uh, logic. We saw this in numbers too, where like there were the, the four sides of the, the marching pattern that they had. And it seems like God has mercifully, um, allowed for the most part, um, sons of the same mother to be together. Right. Like it, it seems like there's like a kind of providential mercy in God, putting people together who are going to get along <laughs> perhaps a little bit better. Right. So it, it seems like there is a, like a, a practical benefit here that, you know, God and his, you know, I mean, and God, cause God could have done it any way he wanted. Right. Um, but it, it seems like, you know what, like they probably want to be together. So like, I'm going to go ahead and, and put them next to each other. Like there is some, some mercy in that. Um, I want you though, to, to give, I'm really interested to hear your thought, but it's time for our break already. Um, but everybody, hang hang on. We're looking at Joshua chapter 19, talking about Zebulun and Issachar right here on Thy Strong Word. We'll be right back. These are the voices of young Lutherans in Mexico City, children who are excited to learn more about their Savior, Jesus. But they need our help, because good Lutheran books for kids in the Spanish language are in short supply in Mexico. To learn how you can help tell Spanish-speaking kids everywhere about Jesus in a language they can understand, go to the Lutheran Heritage Foundation website at lhfmissions.org forward slash Juan 316. Welcome back, everybody, to Thy Strong Word. I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. We're looking at Joshua chapter 19, and we're joined today uh, by our beloved guest and a uh, fellow uh, host of one of our programs on KFUO here. We've got Pastor John Lekumski from Southern Illinois. 
though he does not see how he has really come to Southern Illinois, given the weather. Uh, <laughs> but he is the host of Wrestling with the Basics, 9 a.m. Central on KFUO. And you can listen to him regardless of how the weather is doing so uh, we're just looking go. at yeah that's right that's right that's right can't go outside whether, whether but you're still, in the cold or in the warm right now there you the go still there good. you go that's right that's right and um of course before i neglect um always we we thank our underwriters at the lutheran heritage foundation check out their work they they always are updating their website with just lots of resources but also these neat little news stories about what they're up to and it's just the mission activity all over the world lhfmissions.org so uh, we were just looking at, right, Zebulon and Issachar. And, and I was kind of saying, you, you see this pattern with numbers in the, the marching orders around the camp, right? That God seems to kind of be putting, um, like actually factoring in familial bonds, right? In, into the ordering right, here, right? right? Just God mercifully just saying like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not going to like go and put, I don't know, like um, Reuben right next to Judah because that might not turn out well. Um, <laughs> so, or you know, you gotta keep but, them separated, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. So, anyways, but that that was that was so that's not that profound. But um, what were your thoughts uh, seeing Zebulon and Issachar here? No, and I, I really do like I, I like that thought because see, that's what God is. God's a God who wants people to get along. He wants He wants love. And he knows there are just some people that don't get along, so maybe the best thing is let's not put them right next to each other. Yeah, but again, yeah. put the families that are down, yeah, this will work out so much better. And, and what I really like about your point there, AJ, is that it affirms what you said earlier about being locked, that it's not a chance. It would look that way to the world, but no, when you see how the thing all works out, no, no, this was not by chance. This was exactly what they intended, that this would be the decision of God. And the fact that he puts brothers close to brothers, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, the thing that I love about Zebulon and Iskar is because who cares? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you don't talk a whole lot about oh, the tribe of Zebulun. There, there's no, there's no sect out there called the tribe of Zebulun. You know, <laughs> no, no one, it's, they're, they're inconsequential. They're insignificant, and yet these are the tribes that have these beautiful promises when you get to the prophets. You know, yeah. you, you know uh, what do I got? Isaiah. Uh, but yeah. there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. So we got another one coming up yet. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. Um, and, and Jesus, you know, in the gospel, Matthew picks this up, and leaving Nazareth, he went and lived at Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. And you've got the same kind of things going with uh, Issachar. Uh, Ezekiel talks about uh, that this is the tribe that would be the gate to the new Jerusalem. And, and right. I just think that's exciting, because here we've got these people that we would just count out. Oh, Judah, right. that's an important tribe. But oh, who cares about Zebulun and Issachar? And yet God says, no, these are the people that are significant to me. These are the people, when I send my gospel out, when I send the Messiah out, that's the place he's going to start. That's the place he's going to uh, begin his ministry. The very place where everyone else, especially amongst the Jews themselves, would have counted them out, right? Who cares yep. about those tribes? The only important tribes are the tribes there, Judah, around Jerusalem. That, in fact, if you were a really good uh, Jew, that's where you'd be living. Why would you want to live off in these distant areas? Uh, and they are right. also the first ones then to get the punishment, right? 
When, when mm-hmm. Assyria comes, they'll be the first ones to be taken away. And you look at that and you say, well, I guess God doesn't like those people. God must hate those people. He's put, but no, no, you don't, you don't understand. No, no, God, those are people that are precious and important to God. So uh, yeah, I, that, that was my only insight about those. Yeah. yeah. No, no, I think I think that's really that's really helpful. I mean, we, we do observe, you know, just I mean, this is kind of just true of just the way that, you know, we as human beings think about things. But it's, it seems to be true about the lists in the Bible. You know, the, the very first thing, and the very last thing are both places of prominence. Right. I mean, our oh, Lord yeah. himself right, oh. calls himself the Alpha and the Omega. And, um, you know, so that firstborn position of Reuben, I mean, that's, that's pretty meaningful, right? That, that final position that belongs to Joseph and Benjamin, that there's, some, there's something there too, right? But uh, being second to last is about the worst place on a list, actually, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, right? Because it's just, you're like, you're like, you're like last, but like, you're not even like, like yeah. all the way last so that you're like yeah. first in a way. There's just no good way to spin second to last. Um, like you just, you know, and so you're right. Like Issachar and Zebulun, they are the ninth and 10th sons of, uh, of Jacob. And, and so that way they are kind of like the, the leftovers, right? They're the leftovers yeah. That, yeah. that get assigned under Judah's banner um, in, in the marching orders, right? Just kind of like, okay, we'll just yeah throw you over here. Yeah, why not? Yeah, there you um, go. Yeah, so there is, there is something to that, that, you know, these are the leftovers, but... Uh, but you know, like they, they have not been counted out. And as you were saying, you know, they, they are, there's going to be this, you know, as, as Isaiah, we saw in Isaiah, right. Um, and the prophets that get quoted then in the new Testament, right. It's when our Lord Jesus does his ministry, so much of it's going on in Galilee, right. In the, in the yep. area yep. of Zebulun and Naphtali, right. Um, right. Uh, right. is kind of how it's referred to, we're actually going to get to Naftali, who's kind of part, he's hanging out here. He's hanging out here. Don't worry. We haven't oh, forgotten yeah. about yeah, him. Yeah, he's coming up. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so let's go ahead then. You, you and, know, I've been thinking, AJ, you know, sure. if, if you're last, at least you get the first draft choice the next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but goodness. you're right, if you're second or third or last. Already, anyway, yeah. already, th- already <laughs> thinking about the draft, right? Oh, my goodness. Right? Oh, yeah, like you just, yeah. We're just, we're well, just coming off the... My Kansas City Chiefs. That was that's that's my hometown. It was yeah, sorry. Right. So you're so, so you're, you're still buzzing out. about the NFL. Then I I, I understand. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <clears throat> let's go ahead then and take a look at Asher and Naphtali. Um, if you're following along on your map, yeah, these two are also right next to each other. You can kind of see there's this um, this this logic here. It's following this kind of by the map here. But let's let's talk about it once we read this. So coming up in verse 24, then the fifth lot came out for the tribe of the people of Asher, according to their clans, their territory territory included Helkath, Hali, Beten, Akshaf, Alamelech, Ahmad, and Mishal. On the west, it touches Carmel and Shehor Libnath. Then it turns eastward. It goes to Beth Dagon and touches Zebulun and the valley of Iftahel, my favorite, toward to Bethamech and Nael. Then it continues in the north to Kabul, Ebron, Rehob, Haman, Cana, as far as Sidon, the great. Then the boundary turns to Ramah, reaching to the fortified city of Tyre. Then the boundary turns to Hosa, and it ends at the sea, Mahalab, Akzib, Uma, Aphek, and Rehob. 22 cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Asher, according to their clans, these cities with their villages. The sixth lot 
came out for the people of Naphtali, for the people of Naphtali according to their clans. And their boundary ran from Helef, from the oak in Zananim, and Adami Nekeb and Jabneel, as far as Lakum, and it ended at the Jordan. Then the boundary turns westward to Aznothabor and goes from there to Hukok, touching Zebulun at the south and Asher on the west, and Judah on the east at the Jordan. The fortified cities are Zedim, Zer, Hamath, Rakath, Kinnereth, Adamah, Ramah, Hazer, Kadesh, Ejrei, and Hazer, Yeron, Migdalel, Horem, Bethanath, and Beth Shemesh. Nineteen cities with their villages. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Naphtali, according to their clans, the cities with their villages. So, and, and the pro- yeah, go ahead. The, 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 I was going to say the problem for Asher and the problem for Naphtali is that, is that they're up there in the north, and, yep. and they're the ones that are going to be under attack all the time. You know, if you're further down south, you, you can kind of wait things out and. Um, you know, even after they have their civil war and they split the two kingdoms, if you're in Judah, you know, well, you know, the people to the north of you, they're going to they're gonna be taken first. But these people are right there, right? They're, they're going to suffer all of the the, the raids and, and all of the invasions. Um, and, and the big thing, of course, in, in Asher is the great city of, of uh, Sidon. You know, mm. that's that's not a good thing because that's a source of that's the that's the birthplace of Jezebel. That's where she comes from. And right. that's just going to be all kinds of evil and wickedness. In fact, it kind of becomes symbolic of things that are evil and wicked, kind of like Babylon does. So you were talking about the Lord blessing you, but I'm thinking, well, I don't know. Is that a blessing <laughs> to be <laughs> in those two lots of land? Mm. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah I know that. That, that 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 that's fair. Yeah, no, it is um it is interesting Asher and Naphtali we recall. So these are the the second born of the the, the maid servants, right? So yeah. Yeah. um yeah. Zilpah and Bilha. So I I mean they they're kind of their own kind of ignoble place in their own way, right? Like they're they're yeah. born of not even one of the proper wives and they're not even firstborns, right? So um, Asher and Naphtali, kind of also sort of like Issachar and Zebulun. Um, the, on, the only thing in terms of like, you know, historically in terms of the family is that they are older in that respect, right? But um, right, but they're not of the of the uh, the wives proper. So that, that is perhaps a little bit of the association here. Um, you know, these two, like you were saying, you know, especially especially right up there in um, in Asher. I mean, Tyre and Sidon. You know, in the New Testament, it's not referred to as Asher. <laughs> it's, no, it's no. Refer, it's referred it's referred to as, as Tyre and Sidon. You know, and like uh, this other area up there in like Syrophoenicia and all this, right? So it's just it's just totally not even part of Israel, basically. By the time uh, that you know the Lord's ministry is is going on, so yeah, I mean, it's just definitely these these places that are associated with just, uh, I mean, just, uh, I mean paganism really i mean later um and even kind of at this point now still just um these sort of unconquered thorns in the side that i mean they're they're so far north it's just it's just kind of bleeding and blurring into um the the foreign nations that are up there and and, and so if you're a pious jew and, and you you look at this division and you're thinking yeah yeah that makes perfect sense because like you said these really aren't even legitimate 
I think everybody would kind of agree that whole idea about involving the maidservants, that probably really wasn't what God wanted when he was right. thinking about establishing the sons of Jacob. And and so, yeah, that makes sense. They're up there in the north. They're close to what is paganism. In fact, as you pointed out, by the time you get to Jesus, they've pretty well been absorbed by paganism, and no one really would even count them as part of the Israelite nation. And again, if you're a pious Jew, you can say, hey, there you go. That's God. See, God giving them what they deserve. But then, of course, when you read the New Testament, again, this is where Jesus is doing his work, you know, in, in yep. Galilee of the Gentiles. In fact, yep. here's the cool thing. He talked about Tyre and Sidon being mentioned in the New Testament. But you remember that beautiful story where Jesus goes to minister in the Tyre and in, in Tyre in the region of Tyre and Sidon, and he is confronted by this Canaanite woman uh, yep. whom he says, I have not found faith as great in all of Israel. See, that's yep. the thing. No, no, Jesus Christ comes for the sinners. So you don't count those people out. That's where you go and preach the gospel, because those are the people that are going to hear the gospel. Those are the people that are going to believe the gospel. It's the righteous people around Jerusalem that will end up crucifying Jesus, because they don't think they have any need. They don't see themselves as sinners. And man, that's a powerful lesson for us. If we got any righteous people listening to this radio show, maybe they think they're righteous because they're listening to this radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Why anyone would think that? I have no idea, Adrian. Uh, <laughs> no, but no, you, you raise you raise a good point. It's it's a real reversal then in in, in yeah. the New Testament, right? You'd expect that, like, oh, of course, the Lord's going to be you know born in um, you know Jerusalem, and he's going to be hanging out in Judah, right? You know, but it's like, yeah. well, but 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 no, like he grows up in in Nazareth, right? In uh, you know Nazareth, yeah. what, you know what, what's that? That's that's up north, right? In this area, and he's a Galilean hanging out with you know. Issachar and Zebulun and Asher and Naphtali, like they're they're the leftovers, right? So there is quite a reversal. Um, and that's just so prominent, not just in, you know, reaching out to like tax collectors and, and uh, prostitutes and the rest, but but just even just in the locations. Like as you look at this oh, map, yeah. like just the just the map, just the itinerary is telling you something. And, and you know, of course, he, he plays off of that too, because elsewhere he says if 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 Tyre and Sidon had seen the miracles that you've seen. You know, they would have repented. They, but you, you've seen them and you don't. You know, so it just, right. yeah. I just like that emphasis about God saying he really loves sinners. Because sometimes I feel like I'm a louse. And it's kind of nice to know he loves louses. <laughs> <laughs> Although we'll have yet another lesson now when we get to Dan. Because we don't want to well, have a false conclusion about God loving sinners either. But anyway, right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So, Dan then, right? Yeah, as you're saying here, Dan is the odd one out here, right? I mean, it's, yeah. uh, we remember in, in Numbers that Asher and Naphtali were uh, marching under Dan's banner, right? So, Dan did right. have a little bit of, a little bit of honor, right? Still among um, yeah. the people of Israel. But um, here, this is just, I mean, I mean, and we're going to get to this. It's, this is just uh, foreboding. This is just ominous having, having yep. him in this position. So, all right, well, let, let's, let's go ahead and read this bit about Dan, and we'll, we'll talk about this. So, verse 40, the seventh lot came out for the tribe of the people of Dan, according to their clans, and the territory of its inheritance included Zorah, Eshtaol, Yershemesh, Shalabin, I, Jalon, Ithla, Elon, Timna, Ekron, Eltekeh, Gibbethon, Baalath, Jehud, Benebarak, Gathrimon, and Medjarkon and Rakon with the territory over against Joppa. 
when the territory of the people of Dan was lost to them, the people of Dan went up and fought against Lashem. And after capturing it and striking it with the sword, they took possession of it and settled in it, calling Lashem Dan after the name of Dan, their ancestor. This is the inheritance of the tribe of the people of Dan, according to their clans, these cities with their villages. So, uh, just a couple things going on here, right? Like uh, Dan, just it seems just by this position. I mean, now Dan, we, we look at the the, the names here, right, um, of, of the territory, right. and, and we remember, like, hang on a second, like you know, places like you know, uh, like Ekron, right? It's like, now hang on a second, like that's that's over, like in the in the middle. This is like kind of the the area where where Joshua and the Israelites kind of first. Um, you know, we're, we're going on when they captured, you know, or when they destroyed Jericho or like moving on, like this is the central area. So why do we like seemingly uh, skip over them, right? And just go like straight from like the south to the north. It's like they're just an afterthought here. And then there's just a little bit of narrative about like their territory was lost and then they had to kind of uh, retake it. So weirdness is going on here with Dan, right? So your thoughts? Well, so so here's the problem. Here's the problem. They, they're given the land, but but they never take the land, uh, and they never take the land because they they don't trust. They don't believe God's promise. And we're we're back to the whole beginning where the children of Israel right. came to the promised land, and and uh, you know the spies went in, and ten of the spies came and said, "Well, yeah, it's it's great. Everything God said it was, but there's no way we're going to take this land. There's giants and fortified cities and." You know, and so they end up finding somebody that they figure they can defeat and beat up, and, and they take them. But the land God promised them, they just don't trust the Lord can give it to them, and, and, and so they don't. They don't get it. And of course, the sad thing about Dan is they quit worshiping the true God. They start building idols and worshiping the idols. And as you pointed out earlier, when you get to the list of the tribes in Revelation, they're not even mentioned. It's like right. they're the tribe that has has uh, has gone, has disappeared. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. And so when we finally get to Revelation, right, that is kind of the odd thing that that Dan seems to be deliberately left out, and um, you know, it, it's not like it spells it out there in Revelation, right? Um, but no. the, the symbolism is is suggestive, and among other things, um, so we have this description here. This is a. Uh, and, we'll, and we can come back to this in a minute. This sets up what we're going to read about in Judges, right? Because in, in Judges 18, this is this is actually kind of like narrated out that there's this yeah, problem yeah. where like they just they just don't have territory because they just as you were, as you were saying they just they just fail to to take um, to take possession of what's been assigned them. And so uh, there's just this this problem about this kind of uh, I mean it's 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 like an illegitimate claim is being is being staked here, right? Even though uh, there is this lot for them. It's like what they end up doing with it or, or not doing with it, right? Just illustrates this, the disobedience, as you were saying, that takes us all the way back to numbers about the people just not wanting to go and take possession of what God yeah. assigned to them, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's yeah, it's just like, as you were saying, it's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's just kind of like, it's kind of this all over again. And I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if this is all foreshadowed, even in what, speaking of, you know, we went back to the, the blessing and curse of Jacob to his 12 sons. I wonder if this goes back to what Jacob said about Dan, because I think, if I recall correctly, he's compared to a particular animal that's not particularly flattering in that blessing <laughs> back in 49. Wasn't it, wasn't it a serpent? 
Yes, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah, yeah. So that's this is another one that had been, well, it's called a blessing, but it really was a curse. You're absolutely right. Yep, yeah. So, so, so I mean, it is. Um, so, so it is interesting that this sequence, right, kind of, um, as as you were kind of pointing out, sort of kind of begins with a little bit of warning, right, with Simeon. It's like, hey, you know, like because of this this violence, um, you know, they. They, they kind of miss out on having like a true proper inheritance. They, they get, they get scattered. Right. But they still get something, you know, God's merciful. But, but then there's, there's Dan here at the end, which is really the, the big warning where it's like, Hey, um, but if you're just going to be totally faithless, right. And you're just not even going to take the, take what God has given you. Right. If you're going to, you know, take, take the, the one talent, right. And just go dig a hole and bury it. Right. Like, well, then there's yeah. this, as the outcome, yeah. like even, even worse, which I just, I just can't help again. But like thinking back on that, that, well, what, what Jacob says about his son, that this is, this is sort of representing the, the part of Israel that is ultimately seduced by the serpent to forfeit their inheritance. And, and, and AJ, man, that's the perfect, that's the perfect parable about the guy who buries the talent and, and because he buries it because he's afraid, he says, uh, and then he loses it all. Because I, I I, for me, I, I think the lesson to us is, okay, so we've got these people, Asher and Naphtali, and, and, and they're not perfect, and they struggle, and they've got a lot of trials, and, and most everybody would count them out. But God never counts out anybody. He doesn't. You can be a thief hanging on a cross, and he still wants to save you. That's all he wants to do. But then again, like you said, you, you refuse that. Well, then God doesn't have any choice in the matter. You've taken his choice away. You've taken it upon yourself. And I think that's kind of the warning here with Dan. Our response to the mercy of God shouldn't be, well, let's sin some more so grace can abound. No, our response should be repentance. And if, if we refuse to do that, if we, you know, if you reject God's offer of forgiveness, well, then what what else can God do, you know? Right. Um it's not that we it, choose for God to love us. No, God makes right. that choice. But right. that is to say, we do have the possibility of like like the tribe of Dan, and just that's okay. I I, I don't want it. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get what I want some other way. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. I mean, it, it's you look at all the twelve tribes, right? I mean, like just yeah. just story after story of of mercy, right? I mean. Uh, yeah. Judah, right, gets this huge place of prominence. Well, like, do we remember what happened, like with with Judah and Tamar, right, and like what he was doing with his uh, with his sons, right? I mean, you know, so yeah, there's man, there's mercy, right? Man, there's mercy, and um, I mean, and of course, you know, my favorite to pick on Reuben, right? Like, you know, the the firstborn who you think is going to get written out of the will because of everything um, that he did personally, um, and then. Uh, what what his descendants seem to do, just like the whole way up there uh, to the promised land, right? But but no, like they they get this nice um, chunk of land on the east side of the Jordan, right? So again and again, right? God is just being merciful and including and including. But it's as you said, it's just that if we're going to reject repentance, then then we're I mean we're we're rejecting the mercy, we're rejecting yeah. Uh, yeah. the good that God would give us, and if we reject that, well, there's nothing left. There's not there's no other place to go for good. Yep, yeah. And and so if there's anybody listening to this right now that's worried that maybe they've done that, well, it's easy. People just turn to the Lord and ask for His forgiveness. It's as simple as that. There's nothing else, you know, necessary. Uh, 
Well, yeah. So it's it's a very touching when you when you look at it and when you realize what's the background. What seems like it's just a kind of a, a geographical survey. You know, right. uh, we're getting kind of oh no no. There's just this beautiful beautiful lesson, like you said, about God's mercy, and, and yet you know you can't take that mercy for granted. That is not a good thing to do. So uh, yes, and right. now you got the last stuff about Joseph in there too. So yeah. yeah. Right, right. So let's. We only have like a minute and a half here. So let me let me just read this okay. quickly, and then just maybe just a, con- a quick concluding thought here. Let's we'll maybe pick up the idea of Joshua maybe next time a little bit. But yeah. here's verse yeah. forty nine to the end. When they'd finished distributing the several territories, the land as inheritances, the people of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. By command of the Lord, they gave him the city that he asked, Timnath Sarah, in the hill country of Ephraim, and he rebuilt the city and settled in it. These are the inheritances that Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of their father's houses of the tribes of the people of Israel distributed by lot at Shiloh before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So they finished dividing the land. So yeah, just just real quick, um, you know, Joshua goes here at the end. You kind of think to yourself, now hang on a second, Joshua's tribe, Ephraim, right? Um, they already went ahead, like kind of towards the front end of this, right? While Joseph was being yeah. blessed with this big land. So, why, why Joshua here at the end, really quick, and just like they said, last thirty seconds? Well, again, just because you know Joshua is—he's the special one. He, you know, his is the name Jesus. That's what his is, and so this just a reminder that this is kind of at the center of everything else that's been going on here. Uh, and I do think it's also cool that the whole story begins at the tent of meeting and it concludes at the tent of meeting reminding us what you had said earlier, that this is not uh, you know, a fluke or accident when we say lots, but this is all the hand of the God, and, and God's doing that for us right now. Everything that we're doing in our lives is in His hands as well. And we're all hey. going to have a place, too, just like, like Joshua did. Yeah. Right. A- amen. Joshua is actually Alpha and Omega, right? Really first and last yeah. Jesus, right? Very good. Yeah. Thank you yeah. so much, brother, taking us Thank through you, a again. challenging chapter. And looking forward to having you on again real soon. All right. Talk to you shortly. Yeah. Bye-bye. Everybody, that was Pastor John Lukomsky, pastor in Southern Illinois, also host, co-host of Wrestling with the Basics, 9 a.m. Central on KFUO on Saturdays. Thanks for joining us. Moving on to Joshua chapter 20 next time. Till next time, I'm Pastor A.J. Espinosa. Peace. You've been listening to Thy Strong Word. Produced by the Lutheran Church, Missouri Senate Office of National Mission in cooperation with Worldwide KFUO, the official broadcast ministry of the LCMS. Your support is vital for this program to continue. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at KFUO.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Thy Strong Word.